Hi there, and welcome to Sister Catherine's podcast. When we're loved, we thrive. It's that simple. But as we all know, so many things stand in the way of accepting that God loves us all. He loves us individually, separately. He loves us specially. The truth is that we can walk free. You can walk free of the wounds that are binding your heart and suffocating your relationships. You can experience that total, blessed, forgiving love of God. And I want to accompany you on that journey. So welcome. And today, we're going to be talking about stress and asking ourselves the question, can stress be a channel of God's grace? We all know, it's no secret, we live in a much too hasty age. There seems to be so little time, almost no time, to process what happens to us each and every day. And this is even true, surprisingly, in religious life. I remember as a young girl the images I had of religious life, what it must be like to be a nun in a convent. Hours of silence, of prayer, of walking on the hillsides. They were no doubt images I had probably seen of vocations ads or in movies, and needless to say that certainly did not materialize. I remember the images I had as a young girl, images of what it must be like to be a nun. They were images of hours of silence, of prayer, of walking on the hillsides. They were no doubt images I had seen in vocation ads or in movies. Needless to say, that certainly didn't materialize when I entered the convent. The speed and complexity of today's everyday world offers new challenges to any Christian trying to live an intentional life, even in a convent. Our access to information far exceeds that of our sisters and brothers in former centuries. Neuroscientists tell us that we take in more information daily than our brains could possibly handle. We have to make so many micro-decisions from morning to night that, that we become exhausted just doing that. The type of work we do, the computers and devices that we use, the requirements for accountability to government and church, and the need to work in teams requires constant assessment and reflection. Email alone puts us in a relationship with more people in a day than people 100 years ago who may have lived their entire lives in small villages knew in a lifetime. The other day, I found myself in a situation that could happen any week of my The other day, I found myself in a situation that could happen any week of my life lately. I was asked to be available to assist another department with creating a website. I could feel my frustration level rising as the first meeting wore on, and it became clear that the preliminary groundwork for this project had not been done. Every question a colleague and I asked seemed to turn up a hundred unexpected issues to which no one had the answer. Mentally, 
I began calculating the amount of time that would be required to see this project through. While I was attempting to see the big picture, another sister was trying to nail down the details. One of the team members was trying to catch up since he had just come on board. The questions he raised caused another person to clamp down on the information in order to control the chaos. We didn't feel we had the luxury to calmly work through the issues because we were on a six-week schedule which was set at the signing of the contract. Sound familiar? Shortly after that meeting, I was blessed with our monthly retreat. I finally had the time to look at how I was reacting to the situation. And the key words here are I and reacting. In the silence of the chapel, I reflected on what was underlying the anger and the frustration that I was experiencing. Anger and frustration are often more the fruit of an assumption. Boop! Anger and frustration are often the fruit of an assumption that is operating within us, more than being a gauge of the seriousness of the problem. So after talking to Jesus about what had happened and sitting with how I felt toward each of the people in the meeting, I realized that my assumption here was, I don't matter. That was really the problem. Not the website, not the unanswered questions, not anything else happening in the dynamics of that meeting. I was upset because I believed the sister who had started the project, whom I'll call Sister Anne, felt I didn't matter as a person. I was there to get the work done that she couldn't do, and it didn't really matter at what cost that would have to happen. When I am not at peace, I bring together in prayer the situation I am in and the presence of Jesus. Using my imagination and contemplation allows my heart to gradually receive the water of grace. So, I imagined Sister Anne standing between Jesus and me and waited for some mystery of the Lord's life to come to mind. The image of Mary holding Jesus taken down from the cross came to me. As I reflected on this sad time in Mary's life, I realized that no one had asked Mary whether she was ready for the experience of the torturous death of her son. I spent hours that day watching her, feeling for her, learning from this beloved mother. When I imagined myself kneeling beside her, she turned to me and held my face in her hands. As I felt her affection in that act, in the core of my being, I, I learned from her the terribly difficult shift I needed to make. A shift from being angry that I didn't matter to offering affection to Sister Anne. In the following week, I juggled my schedule to clear enough time to contribute thoughtfully. 
I did the research required. And in the interim, another sister took over the management of the project, and things began to move ahead as we addressed each issue in turn. Will we make it in six weeks? Probably not. But the difference now is that I can intentionally respond to what has become God's invitation in my life to live in love. We all face surprises, pressures, and difficult situations. The good news is that by making a few small changes to the way we work through them, we can shift from, from angry assumptions to intentional love. So I'd like to offer a three-step tool that I use when I'm angry or frustrated that, that you may find helpful for yourself. So first step, step away, slow down, Notice what's beneath the surface. We need to give ourselves space to process our lives. I often physically remove myself from the offending situation if possible. I schedule in some, quote, retreat time, whether, whether that's a traditional retreat for half a day or, or simply an hour at a coffee shop, staring out the window or doing nothing. It's really important to let the dust settle. And at the end of the time, I'll jot down some notes, sketch out a few options, and tuck them away to see if they mature. Second step, picture the person or the situation in your mind's eye. On the other side of the person, see Jesus so that to see him or her, you also see Jesus. And to see Jesus, you also see the person. Allow one of the mysteries of Jesus' life to become the focus of your prayer. That is, see him on the cross or in the act of healing, of touching someone, of teaching, at his birth, see him at his resurrection. I place myself in the mystery, noticing what happens, being a part of what is going on. I allow Jesus to be part of this situation I'm in, and I observe any shift in the emotional charge that, that the situation has for me. In the case of the website, as we were discussing, by reflecting on Mary's sorrow as she held her son, something was aroused in me that, that gave me the courage, the courage to want to love. It wasn't a resolution, it was a gift, a graced shift that I gratefully received. And third, revisit that difficult situation in your mind's eye and in your heart. See in what way and, and how you could accommodate what is being asked of you by the situation you have brought to prayer and by Jesus, and then make a plan. The most important thing in that project of mine was not fixing things, whether the website was going to go ahead 
whether the relationships were going to work. It was the gift of a heart that had been aroused to love. I believe Jesus wants to be a part of even our stress-filled lives. I don't think we can get away from the stress these days. Articles abound about how to balance our lives, to reduce stress, how to live in peace. Walking in the country and long hours spent as we please would certainly give us lots of time to integrate our lives, and we certainly would have a lot less stress. But, but I like to think that even stress can become a channel of God's grace. If we contemplate together what is overwhelming in our lives and the Lord who loves us. Would you like to continue this conversation? Join me on my Facebook group or sign up for my newsletter, Touching the Sunrise, and get immediate access to over 50 resources on Patreon when you support me for just $2 a month. Really, I hope to see you there. God bless you.